eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. Welcome to the post-game podcast. No Jerry Recco today. No Eddie Scazzeri today. So I've got Mike Flegelman. Flegelman with me today good morning oh good morning Al so I wanted to have you uh, on the podcast because uh, you're going through the uh, home buying process right now and I was curious because this is a a topic that's kind of uh, big around uh, certainly this area um, probably more so than the rest of the country but also around the country which is uh, people go well how do uh, how do young people buy homes how do you get your first house and in particular, this time that we're in now where housing prices are super high and the mortgage rates are high. So what the hell are you doing to buy in a house right now in 2023? Uh, hopefully investing in something that will have value in the future, getting out of a one-bedroom apartment so to actually have some space is something we are looking forward to. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to be in the house and so excited for this process to be done because I am done with it. So when you were thinking about this process, did you go, hmm, well, uh, this is seems like a rough time to buy? Or did you, like, what what made you decide to go through with it? Because I'd be in a, you know, I'm always like, any time I would make a move, I, like, overanalyze everything. And I think this is a situation which you can overanalyze and not make any moves. <clears throat> I can tell you that I have heard financial people say, when is the right time to buy a house? Always. Right. So always, no matter what the situation is. But with those two things, home prices being high because of the scarcity and the mortgage rates being high, why did you pull the trigger? Well, one, because I asked people and they said the right time to buy, if you can buy, if you're lucky and we were fortunate to be able to buy, yeah. then the answer is whenever you can. And we did start last year, but we had been advised, like, wait a couple months, things might get a little bit better. And they did. We got luck. Not you know, so much better where things were pre-COVID or anything like that, but much better than maybe a year and a half ago. So the rates are bad. They're not as bad as if we were buying like a year ago this time when we really, because we got married July of last year and we're ready to get out of this apartment right away. Uh, we waited for a while and it took us a while to find something. We put on offers on houses 
closer to where we are now, didn't get them, then kind of branched out to search a couple miles and got lucky with one that for the money, like in the price range we were looking at and the amount of space and just the kind of offers we were just getting beat on consistently for this one to not have somebody come in over the top until it was too late. Thankfully, the seller decided to stick with us when better offers came in is that afterwards. Right? Um, we feel like we got really lucky with this house. And this is in New Jersey. This is in Sayreville, New Jersey. Right now, we're in the Woodbridge area. I work here in the city. My wife works at Princeton. We picked it just because it was halfway, fell in love with the area, kept looking there, couldn't get lucky with anything there. So now we're a little bit further south and east. That's in the Bon Jovi country, Sayreville, New Jersey. Yeah, that it's area. like another uh, Middlesex County. It's right, you know, every, well, I guess this applies to a lot in New Jersey, but five minutes off the parkway. Yeah, that whole area up there, like in Woodbridge, I lived there for a little while as well. There, There's areas where it's like you could get to every major highway, road, all in that one little area. That's where I am now. I love it. It takes me 30 seconds to get to Parkway North, three minutes to get to the Parkway South, four or five minutes to get to the Turnpike. Route 9 is right there. Route 1, everything is right there. There's a couple malls. You're like almost in, yes, it's central New Jersey, and you really do feel like you're in the center of everything because yes. every train station close by or, you know, 35-minute drive to the city if there's no traffic, which I do in the middle of the night. So it was a perfect location. And how many homes did you think you had that then you didn't get? So the only there was only one that I actually thought we had a really good shot at. Like, we had made offers on a couple, but, you know, you're, you never know. It's Others could come in. There was one that I thought we had a really good crack at until somebody came in with an all-cash offer. I was like, well, oh. can't beat that. Yeah. I always wondered, though, like, why, if I'm a seller, I'm selling my home, and you you get a mortgage, what does it matter to me whether you're paying cash or, or going to have a mortgage because the bank's going to give me the money anyways? I mean, I know there's something to it, or, or people I maybe wouldn't. Maybe some people would want, if you get the money now, then you get the money now. Just a faster guaranteed yeah. transaction. Have it in my hands instead of yours. Yeah. Yeah, I always wondered about that. So did you have to pay over asking for this home? No, we were right under listing. Under listing? Yeah. I mean by like five, like less than $5,000, but right yeah. under. And and then the process where you were like, okay, we're going to go, we want to buy a house. What was that time? What was the amount of time that that happened in? Uh, Probably six months about. Uh, yeah. Because well, we, we had known and been kind of casually looking for a while now it's easy you go on zillow you can you know do all that stuff but it was earlier this year when we got serious contacted a lender an agent and really kind of kick-started the process and you know thankfully it only took uh, it felt like it was forever we looked at a lot of places um but it, it didn't take i guess relatively to some other people i know who are going through it relative to them did not take as long for us as it, it can yeah and then you had to do home inspection and all that stuff. Home inspection. The one thing that, you know, bothers me, the appraisal, you know, it could come in high and then the, the bank, or if it comes in low, the bank won't cover the whole loan. You have to figure out the cash. You have to agree to the number and all that. They appraise it at the exact number we offered. You don't get any, I mean, there's no value for that. Like, come on, I guessed right. Give me something. Yeah, you should get a prize for that, a lower mortgage rate. And then, um, so is this a condo, townhome, house? It's a townhome. Townhome. So you got to pay... Uh, uh, what do they call the HOA, HOA fees? Yeah. Man, those are the worst. They are, but you know what? Um, like, I don't want to mow the lawn. Yeah. I don't want to deal with the shoveling snow, all, all of that. So they're going to handle that. 
that's worth a couple hundred bucks a month for me. Yeah, I have HOA fees and always have everywhere. But the thing that sucks about them is like every year they just go up. And that's annoying. Because you feel like they could just decide, like, yeah, you know what, an extra hundy a month from everybody. I would hope there are guidelines that they can't go up too much, but I've I've just resigned myself to now, like, no matter what it is, everything's going up. Anything you, anything that has, like, you know, Peter was talking about all the fast food places yeah. today and how Burger King's expensive. I went to one recently, and I hadn't been there in a while. To, but Bur- I had been to, like to the a BK? Mc- yeah, I had been to, like, a McDonald's more recently. And then I'm looking at the prices on the Burger King menu, and, like, this is... This is like going to a sit-down restaurant. Like, how are no wonder McDonald's and Wendy's are doing better than you guys because this is you're charging, you know, absurd prices for chicken nuggets. So everything, you know, if you buy, if you have a streaming service, whatever it is, that's going to go up in a couple months. So yeah, the HOA is going to go up, but uh, I'm not an outdoors person, so I like that. You know, when, when it snows, I don't have to deal with clearing the pathway. Will you be joining the board, or you could be like a board member? Nah, I'm not. I'm. I feel like I'm also too young for that. Yeah, like I'm 32. Like that's that's older guy yeah, type yeah, of yeah, older yeah. man or woman situation. You gotta have a lot more time and and the desire to do that. Like if I have that kind of free time, that's not what I want to be spending it on. Yeah, that was the way. So yeah, so when I first moved into my place that I moved into three years ago, I was like, I'm gonna join the board. I'm gonna get involved. Then I'm like, why am I paying a monthly fee then if I'm involved? Well, and for you, it makes perfect sense because you I, you do want to dictate what others in the yes. community can do. Oh, but I it love would to also, like, I have the unique experience of being one of really two people who get to see you interact with callers frequently. The other <laughs> yeah. one is Eddie. And I can't even imagine what it would be like, especially if these people would, they'd be constantly emailing you or calling you. Or then if you had to deal with them face-to-face, like a town hall meeting, for like a condo board yeah. led by Al Dukes, I would pay to watch that just because uh, the things you would you would lose your temper on these people so quickly, yeah, and deservedly so because I deal with the callers, I answer phones for longer at this station than anybody else because my shift doing it is longer, so I know what you deal with. Then I fill in for you, and I deal with the people who call this show as well, plus the overnight. So I'm not saying you're wrong, but. Wow, to watch. I mean, you would oh, lose man. it on the board. People asking, like, well, the rule says this, but can I do this? No, the no. rule says that. Like, the rule clearly says this one thing. And that's what always pissed me off about living in condos and then even being on the board when I was. We have rules, and yet they don't enforce them. So what's the point in having the rules? And you would be that person on the board. You would yeah. be the one that, like, listen, this person did not follow the rules. Let's crack down on them. Let's come Correct. down hard. Let's start finding them. Correct. Let's start finding I'll, them. I'll personally put that letter in their mailbox every week. I want I want the fine what fifty dollars, hundred dollars. Yeah. That's gotta start coming in. Yeah, I don't think any of that stuff's enforceable. That's the weird thing about these condo boards. Like I don't think there's anything you can do about it. Like if you if you are living in a place where they go, there's no dogs allowed and you got a dog, there's nothing they can do about it. I really think that's true. That makes sense. Especially because if something like squatters' rights can exist, right. somebody could just it's like, I'm I'm staying here. I live here now. Right. Then how could that not be true? Correct. Well? I know that's the bad part. That's the one thing I don't like about it. But well, that would drive you even crazier if you were on the board and there were rules and it was like, yeah, well, you know, they can break them. There's nothing we can really do about it. You'd be and like, that, well, then I I quit. That was the case. That was what I was up against. That's why I didn't want to run again. Also, mainly I didn't want to work for free because I'm going to be on the condo board. Then have me not have HOA fees. And that you already work for free, doing the warm-up show Monday through Friday Great on WFAN point. 5 to 6. Free, it's enough.
the highest rated show in the market. It's enough. Exactly. We have 17 share. That's what I'm talking about. Um, so uh, this is interesting to me about your phone call situation. So you're, you answer calls for how many hours a day? Five hours. Five hours a day for how many years? Uh, full time since summer of 2017. But I also, I get a nice break from answering the calls when I work for Eddie. Right, so but I've been answering the phone the since 2007. Yeah, and you, Four hours. no matter what job you do, you're answering I'm calls. Answering like, I get phones. a break from the overnight callers whenever I work for Eddie. I still have to deal with the callers when I fill in for you. Yeah. But on a week like this, I don't have to pick up that phone one time. So you've heard about like the 10,000 hours you become an expert. Like we're experts in phone screening. Oh, absolutely. Experts. Yeah, the, the callers, man, I just... Uh, uh, my uh, patience with them has is thinner than paper thin anymore. I just can't handle them. Oh, mine gets like you know how everything the prices go up yeah. year by year. My patience goes down year after yes. year to the point where I also even overnight like I love the regular callers who understand the process, name, calling from specific point, and that they can get to in three seconds of what they want to talk about. Yeah. Beautiful. The ones that fight with you. I mean, there are a million wrong things a caller can do, and they just, some guys, it's like they're playing bingo and going for all of them. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the big thing is sports resume is a big one where they tell you how long they've been a fan. One you and I joke about a lot. I watch Mickey Mantle play. Yeah. Yeah. This doesn't make you an expert because you watch. Or uh, I, too, tore my Achilles. And let me tell you what Aaron Rodgers is in for as far as rehab goes. Well, you're not an, an elite athlete, so. I'm going to guess Aaron Rodgers is a different situation. There's a lot you. of big ones. You get stuff even like, you know, oh, well, you know, I have a point to make to the host. Yes, what is it? Oh, I'll tell him. Yeah. Why would you ever think that's how this works? <laughs> Why am I telling? Or they got, this is a big one. I don't got time to get on the air, but pass this along. Oh, no, yeah. not passing it along. And I used to say yes just to be, okay, get them off the phone. But yes. now if I'm in a bad mood, no, I'm not passing it along. I do the same thing. Sometimes I'm like, you know, what? Yeah, I'll pass that along, buddy. Other times I'm like, no. Because you also one time this did happen. This was an overnight with, it was either Steve or Tony. I think it was Tony. One guy called. You know, I don't have time to get on the air, but can you pass this along? I said, sure. And then like two days later, he called again saying, hey, you know, I never heard Tony bring up that point that I told you to pass along, you know, a couple days ago. And I lied. Not that I didn't tell him. I said like, all right, well, he didn't decide to then bring it to the air. Yeah, I told him. But uh, you I should have told him, and I regret it. And that's probably why I'm so rude to the ones that do it now. Now, you've uh, worked with a lot of, uh, because you're working the overnight, you work with a lot of people who are, you know, if you get an overnight shift, those are for the, the real beginners. If you're like a weekend overnight or a part, one-time overnighter. So you've worked with a lot of people like that. Do you, do you get nervous that they're not going to be able to fill the time? Oh, yeah. Well, there are some that, struggle to fill the time and it's, what do you do do they stare at you when they're they do stare i'll i will never just kind of throw myself in if they ask for the help i will provide it um but it, if they're drowning and uh, nobody's gotten that bad where they're completely falling apart really there are some though who have definitely struggled and uh thrown to too many breaks and then i'm just scrambling to find let's go spots to a break to play and replay uh, right we don't have one yeah um that's definitely <laughs> happened before uh, and then I'll talk to them, try to coach them during the breaks. Yeah. You're, you're producing that. Um, but I, my thought is always, like, listen, unless a host invites me on the air, I'm not just going to jump in here. No matter how bad it gets, no matter how ugly it gets, 
that might also like I haven't even talked to Spike about that. That's from a like a, a, a churn off era thing of listen, unless the host asks you to come on their show, shut up. And I okay, you know, hands off. Right. So if, if you stare at me, I'll stare at you. But you know, I've also had hosts, and this has happened with a couple people where it's the end of a show and they'll give you the kind of like, you know, I'm done. I'll be like, That's great. It's you know, four fifty one, show ends at five. Figure yeah. it out. You got nine more minutes. Uh, is that last hour normally the the hour that the hosts struggle the most? The last hour of whatever host show, yeah, it's either that or you know, for the less experienced hosts, like do I've worked with people doing their first show, it could sometimes be the first hour, but pretty much all of them. Once they kind of get in that groove, the light goes on, they get comfortable, they go up from there. Like the struggles come early, maybe they're a little nervous, and they get it. The nerves are natural they'll get better as the show goes on. Yeah. What was it like for you for doing years and years of producing and running the board and watching people struggle, and then you get the call to do it? What were you? What did you think you would be prepared for that you weren't? Like, did you? were you able to pace yourself, or did it seem like when you first started doing it, that first hour of you doing it, and you're sitting there by yourself, you had to be like, wow, this is like, you look at that clock, it goes slow sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, but not on that first night. It, I, I got lucky on the first night. One, I had been, you know, aiming to do it for a long time, so I was excited. It yeah. was also, it was a night in August where the Mets had a game. They were in free fall that year. Luis Rojas made a dumb decision. They lose a game. They're, it's just... They're in total free fall. So I came in hot. I'm a Mets fan. I'm ticked off. There are plenty of callers because Mets fans are also ticked off. And there was just a, a lot to get into that it made the time fly. It was only a three-hour show as opposed to, you know, starting off with four or five hours. Yeah, where three hours is a yeah, good sweet spot. Right. Uh, so it was actually, it was easier that first show. And then I also, you know, I had the benefit of, at that point, I'd been the full-time overnight producer for four years. I had worked here for almost a decade. There were a lot of callers who, you know, like you have too, you've de- developed a relationship with them. There's a rapport, there's a back and forth. So they're calling excited to talk to you because, you know, you know, I know what fans there or teams they're a fan of. They know who I root for. So a lot of that, that definitely helped fill the first show and maybe an advantage I had that not all of the other yeah. first time hosts had, but because of my, my job of always working in that time slot, no matter what. But yeah, I'm trying to think if there was something like was there something harder that was harder than you thought having sat across well, from it one, all those one years. One thing I'll tell you and it's just it was funny because I prepared so much going into that first show and because it was this night, you know, Mets fall apart, it's a disaster. I forced in some Yankee stuff cuz it's still baseball season we're going to talk about the Yankees. And I looked at it afterwards like, "Oh, I had all this stuff to get to. Football season's in the way. I didn't mean to get to any of this." Really? Like this is, yeah. Just because, you know, there, I almost feel like an obligation. Like, hey, it's overnight. There's four or five callers on the board. I got to get to these people. Like, they're giving me their time. You know, even if it's only thirty seconds, then you talk after, move on. But I don't, I don't like letting anybody hang on hold for too long in the overnight. Yeah, it's also it's a it's a different situation than you know. I always am yelling about the callers, but you know, I'm I'm producing a show that has. Two guests, I mean, two hosts. I can jump in. Eddie can jump in. 
There's a full segment every hour with Jerry in there. It, if I'm was working an overnight shift, I am sure I would be much kinder to the callers. Oh, yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I have to approach it that way. Like, next week when I fill in for you, I have to almost adjust my mindset going in on Tuesday morning. Like, all right, you know, you have to be a lot stricter with the calls. You, have, you know, a lot more selective. Yeah. And then when I go back to the overnight the week after, it's like, okay, a lot of what you wouldn't have let on last week. Like, this is not getting on with Boomer and Geo. Yeah. No chance. All of a sudden, it flies. Yeah, it is very tough to do a solo show. I don't know how people do it. I'll say this. I like doing the solo shows. I'm also, I'm a sports nut. Like, I just, I still live it, breathe it. But I've also done shows with a partner here. And the shows with a partner, I mean, you almost feel, if it's a busy day and a lot going on, I I also did them when we had, it was the sh- format for this show, Working Holidays, Boomer and Geo. So we had CeeLo both of those days. Oh, tremendous. I mean, you almost, plus also just then the difference in the commercials. You're going from, hey, you have, you know, two three-minute breaks an hour to three five-minute breaks, plus one of those segments is CeeLo and he's playing sound, giving you something to react to. You're almost yeah. like Boomer and Geo in that Jerry segment are kind of following his lead where he goes with the script and the order of the topics, whereas the other two you're planning on your own. I mean, it almost felt comparatively like you're not working. Right. Yeah, I always would think that it, with uh, Boomer and Geo, with Boomer and Carton prior to that, this idea I always thought like, why introduce a new any type of topic when Jerry's in there? I would sit back and like just be reaction time. Like let me let me react to just to Jerry's sound, and then those other times. Right, let me save that because I have to fill twelve minutes yeah. after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you that's pre- you know what that might have been the hardest thing, kind of balancing when to bring up which topic, when to go back, you know, when to stick with the same one, when to change topics. You know, it's easier, and obviously as producers, we offer those suggestions to the hosts, uh, and we think we're right, we think we're, we're great at this, and, but then when you're sitting in that chair, it's a little different of, huh, like the the approach, and, you know, is that how I would have viewed that if I were yesterday, I was producing this show, making that suggestion, do I view it the same way now? The answer is not always yes. The other weird thing, too, with the, the way the segments lay out for the morning show, I always thought it was kind of a little weird. It would almost be like, sometimes I think it'd almost be better to have to do the update segment in the last segment of the hour. Because if you think about it from a host perspective, you come out at 6 a.m., boom, 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 you're, you're banging the big topic of the day, talking that, full, <clears throat> talking that full segment. Then you go to a break, it's almost more natural, come back, take some calls on it. Instead, we come back, do Jerry, then another break, and then it's almost like, oh, this did we lose some of that momentum? Right. From it happens definitely from a host perspective. Yeah, and we know this too because there will be times where, whether it's Boomer or Geo or Jerry when he fills in a host, you hit that big topic, whatever the big story. That, and sometimes it's a huge story. People want to react, and maybe in the open, if it's huge, they'll squeeze a call right. or two in in the open. But then it's a break for the Jerry segment. There's very rarely calls there. And the, we'll see the phone lines blinking at you know six oh eight as they're in the biggest topic of the day, and then when they're in, we're in that break before the third segment after Jerry, the phones aren't ringing as much, and you almost the hosts have to reestablish. Hey, yes. we're taking calls this segment. Whereas if you were taking calls in the six twenty two segment, whatever it was, they'd already be there waiting. Yeah, they could get right to them. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll make that adjustment sometime. Although the ratings are good, I don't. Why would I? Sh- you, you don't yeah, want to screw broke. that up. Right. It ain't broke. Don't fix it. Now, if there were like another show on the fan where to bring in an anchor and do it that way, then maybe you would suggest yeah. third segment. But you're right. Sometimes sometimes it is weird, and I'm sure there are 
not even just that you don't you do want to hear Jerry interact with them on that topic, but in the update, they're going to spend a couple minutes on that, and then they're going to get to everything else. Where if it's a huge, you know, breaking story that day, I remember when I was working for you last year, the morning when it came out in the middle of the night that the Mets had agreed to a deal with Carlos Correa. So Boomer and Geo start the show. It's all Correa. Then there's an update, mostly Correa. Then they get to a lot of other stuff that really in the moment then nobody really cares about. And then they go back to Correa. And it's so much so that we did every segment that show was about Correa and then the Mets, maybe you know the Yankees and how do they respond as a New York team kind of way. We bumped. We had a guest on to talk Thursday Night Football. That was a Wednesday. The Jets were on Thursday Night Football. The next night, bump oh, that. Was the bald guy. Andrew Whitworth. Andrew yeah. Whitworth, right. It was, or it might have been the next week, but either way, bump that whole segment. It was Correa, Correa, Correa. Yeah. Except for those few minutes of the update where, well, Jerry can't come in and talk about one topic. He has to give you everything. Yeah. Here's, here's sound from a Knicks or Nets game last night. Right. Uh, the other weird thing now that we find is, as far as callers being on topic or off topic, the Odyssey app and how it allows you to rewind. So if you get up at 7 o'clock, you might start your day at 6 o'clock. And then they're calling based on a topic from an hour ago. And you're like, and they're like oh, I'm, I'm, I'm on the app. I can almost live with that because they don't realize that, oh, I'm listening to something that's old. What's worse is we get it all the time, no matter what time of day you work. And someone called with this for you yesterday. How are they not talking about this? <laughs> all right, well, it's 845 they spent the first two hours on that. Now they're talking about something else. Oh, well, I just turned my radio on yeah. now. Okay, sorry that in the one-minute sample size you picked out of a four-hour show, they're not talking about your topic of choice. Yeah, that that is the, the weird part about radio, right? And it's everyone just, who calls with that is rude about it. Yes. Right, they're like, what? I can't believe. Oh, I just turned it on. Sorry. I, uh, I didn't realize. I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, so those callers one... come in hot. Oh, yeah. They're furious because they're like, I can't believe. Because you want the thing to be being talked about, the thing you want to right. be well, And in about. New York, you always have, you know, not even just the multiple sports, multiple teams. It could be after a Sunday, it could be Jets-Giants. They talk about the Giants to start the show. Then they go to the Jets. A Giant fan will call in. How are they not talking about the Giants? It was a much bigger game. Yeah, that's why it was the Open. Now we're later on the show. Now it's the turn for the Jets. Yeah, I think about that a lot, too. Like, if you're doing sports radio in Philly or Boston, everyone's a Phillies fan, right? Everyone's an Eagles fan. So, yeah, I think about sometimes, like, do a Giants fan probably doesn't... If you're a hardcore Giants fan, you probably don't care about the Zach Wilson situation. Or if you did earlier, I mean, you're so sick and tired. I mean, Jet fans are sick and tired of yeah. hearing about it. Giants fans have to be saying it was enough for them two months ago. The good part is, is you have double the teams to come up with quality discussions. And you have two chances for, not that it works a lot here, but you have two chances for a team to be good yes. and worth talking about. Yes, but all yeah, the things. I always think it must be easy where, you know, when you're doing a show on the fan, unless you're talking about basketball and the Knicks, when you talk about a team, you're talking about a team that at least 35 to 40% of the audience, that's not who they root for. You do a show in Philly or Boston, everybody wants the same thing. All the time, no matter what. They may have different ideas of how to get there. There's still ways to argue. But everybody in Philly wants the Eagles to win and only cares about the Eagles. Yes. here It's a it's a completely different dynamic that from a, like almost the way you talk about sports talk radio in general, not just a national is one way, local is another way. Well, local in those markets is one way. And then New York is its completely own separate thing. Yeah. The, whatever applies everywhere else, 
does not apply here. It doesn't. Yeah, I, I do think about that a lot. So in, in cities like Philadelphia and Boston that are huge sports cities that care about baseball and football, because there's a lot of cities that just care about football, the the ratings are even larger than WFAN are in New York because I think it's because at all times they're talking about your team. And here in New York, we're oh, kind of split. 100%. Listen, as a Mets fan, if the Yankees win the World Series, I'm not turning on the station the next day. I don't care. Like, right, there's no way. Much, yeah. Yeah, that's why it's also important that you care about and like the hosts, right? Because right. then like, I used to think, think about that with uh, Jim Rome. Like, I, I used to really love Jim Rome um, because he was, you know, he just he was a very edgy guy and and I didn't care about basketball or hockey, and he used to do a lot of both of them. But the way he he did them, I still liked listening. He would talk about the Lakers a lot, and it was just funny the way his delivery and his the things he would say. But that's the other key thing too. You have to be, you know, you have to. It can't just be the topic that you like, but it also has to be the uh, host that you like too. Again, it's something that host here and I was again I thought about it as a producer then I started thinking about it more when I started hosting you have to be more aware of than almost anywhere else because there are days where you're doing a show in June or July okay this is split almost down the middle whether or not it makes sense to do a Yankee open or a metal yeah and you got to pick one you got to pick one and it's and it's a lot of and, times and the other fan base is going to be ticked off especially you know, if you're me and you pick Mets or if you're a Yankee fan and you pick the Yankees because they're just going to say, oh, well, he just decided to talk about his own team. Yeah, I remember like in the Rex Ryan era, the Giants were good, but they were boring. Like they were good, but they won games they were supposed to win. They lost some games they probably were expected to lose. And the Jets were in the headlines every day for ridiculous things. Right. And I mean, after Plaques going 08, that was before Rex got there. Nobody on the Giants ever said anything controversial yeah. or stupid. All right, people would say, "Call, but you're, you're not talking about the Giants." I go, "Okay, what do you want to say?" Well, it's a good win. Yeah, and it's like kind of misery loves company here. We, if you're winning games, you're supposed to win. Eh, not right. that exciting. Not, not a lot there. Not a lot to milk out of that. Not a lot to talk about. Right? You lose if you, games. If you can't think of a good way uh, to talk about it as a caller. You know, yes, the hosts are all really talented. It might also mean that there's not a lot to squeeze out of it if you're a host. Right. Yeah, and you also got to take into account maybe people, especially it's a game, a Sunday night game or a Monday night game, maybe they didn't see the full game, right? So you've got to go about it where it's interesting to talk about uh, for the and for the listener to hear, even if they didn't see every part of the game. You right. know, Without getting into a full recap of well here's what happened in the play-by-play let me detail it for you yeah because that's too boring as well and right it's there's a lot of things that you know we even think about as producers because we work in this business there is so much people think that because they like and know sports that they understand sports talk radio right and you know this probably even better than i do it the two have almost nothing to do with each other yeah you're 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 better off being an entertaining host who doesn't know much about sports than knowing everything about sports and being not all that great on the air. Absolutely. Yeah. And just because you could, there are fans out there who know a ton of sports, it doesn't mean that the way you want to apply that, especially in a place like New York with the different team dynamic, that you know how to bring that to Sports Talk Radio. Exactly. 
Well, I think we just nailed it right there. That was fun. Well, it's weird the, being uh, in this chair, but it is it's right. Fun. You've been in all the chairs now. Uh, let's do the warm-up program. I did that with Peter Schwartz, and I believe Jerry will be back tomorrow. Godspeed, Jerry. As long as you don't have uh, the flu or COVID or something you're going to infect us with. So, you want to do a see ya? Yeah, you handle it. I, right. I do it when I fill in for you oh, when you I'm Jerry. Okay. And not uh, not very well, but you're here. I'm not, not going to step on your toes. Eddie loves doing the see when it's Eddie. Really? Yeah. Has he gotten better at it over yeah, the years? Yeah, he's very good at okay. it. He, he'll do, I'll do a see ya, he'll do a see ya. And then it's tough. Minor, minor, not great. Jerry says, eh, he, he oh. rips him and he's right to. What do you think, not guttural enough? So. Yeah, I just, maybe there's like not that. enough build up. All right, fair enough. So. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Oh, hi there, Al Dukes here, and if I'm talking first, that means Jerry is out. CeeLo also not in. Mr. Peter Schwartz joins me. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Al. How are you? Oh, doing pretty good. So, uh, no Eddie today. He's on a scheduled two-week vacation. We've got the Fleegs back there. Uh, Jerry called out sick. Yes. He was very ill yesterday. Called out sick uh, yesterday afternoon, mm-hmm. so uh, plenty of time. He didn't uh, pull one of these uh, 3 a.m. call-outs. <laughs> so, uh, but we he, hope he feels better. Yes, he's uh, promising to be back tomorrow. We will see what happens, but last night, Peter, we got a very sweet Monday night football game. We all hate the Philadelphia Eagles because Philadelphia is a filthy city, Peter. That's what you were telling me before the break? Yeah. That just a disgusting city with disgusting (laughs) teams, and we hate Philadelphia, everything about them. Uh, They lost to the Seattle Seahawks. The only thing I like about Philadelphia is is my family that lives there. That's it. Oh, okay. All right. I suppose that's uh, that's fair. That's about it. Yeah, my family lives down in uh, South Jersey. That's Eagles country. Yeah. Philadelphia Eagles country. So, uh my mom is always complaining about how the local news there is just like the local regular news is all about 
the Eagles. Like, it's nonstop Eagles coverage. What's the weather going to be for the Eagles game? Who do the Eagles play this week? <laughs> I think she, she, we grew up Cowboy fans, so my mother's had it with those Eagles uh, the TV coverage down there. And I think a lot of the professional athletes in Philadelphia yeah. live in South Jersey. Is that right? Yeah, like that I Cherry think they Hill. They like it better. Cherry Hill area. That yeah. Cherry Hill area is uh, Eagles country because you get the uh, Philadelphia local news and so, you get the Eagles games. So maybe they should just extend the border in from Philadelphia? Philadelphia into Cherry Hill and just make Cherry Hill part of Pennsylvania. I would be okay with that. Yeah, I give up Cherry Hill. Do you spend any time in Cherry Hill? I do. My family's down in that area, in so that I area. do spend time down there. Uh, but but I I try to wear my. Uh, New York team, yeah, Mets. That really ticks them off. Dallas Cowboys, just to annoy them down there. But how about this? It was Drew Locke at quarterback beating the Eagles. And I got to tell you, Peter, Drew Locke had himself a heck of a ball game. And the thing going around social media this morning is everyone's in love with Drew Locke after his post-game on-field discussion. Did you happen to see that? I did not. I was sleeping. Oh man, Peter, you got to get that for the uh, one of the updates. Okay, because it's really the, it's probably in the system. I have to look for it. It's really the talk of the town because it was a guy who seems genuinely excited that he 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 was uh, talking with emotion. He was getting teary eyed. This is, these guys don't get a lot of chances. You know what typical I mean? Typical backup quarterback. Yeah, typical backup quarterback. He they win the game twenty to seventeen. Seahawks beat the Eagles. The Seattle gets the ball back on its own eight-yard line with a buck 52 remaining, Peter. Not that, a lot of time. That's a 92-yard drive. And they needed a touchdown. Yeah. They needed the touchdown. 92-yard drive. They went down, scored a uh, touchdown. Uh, a guy named Smith in, in, in Jigba. I believe I nailed that, Peter. Nijigma. That's what I just said. Yeah. Yeah. That guy made a great catch. Great throw, great catch. DK Metcalf had a great catch on a great throw. This is the thing. Not only is the quarterback got to put the ball in a perfect place, these guys are going to catch it, which we which we see dudes drop balls all the time. There were key catches on that final drive for the Seahawks. And Mr. Drew Locke. And oh, they baby. had a four-game skid, and now the Eagles have lost three in a row. They are I love slumping it. at the wrong time of the year. Well, I was thinking about that as I was walking my dog at uh, 3 o'clock this morning, Peter. I was mm-hmm. thinking of that. Or are they does sliding? Does your dog like to be walked at 3 o'clock Oh, she in the loves morning? it. Yeah. Yeah, she does not a people person, so there's no one on the streets at 3 a.m. She loves uh-huh. it. She'll go forever. You get there in the summer down the Jersey Shore when there's people all around, she's not interested. Not a care so in the world. So she loves no one on the streets. She's like me. She's not a people person. But I was thinking of this. <laughs> I'm loving that the Eagles are on, what is it, three-game uh, losing three streak? Three-game losing streak, yeah. But another part of me thought, actually, if I'm an Eagles fan, is this the perfect time to be on a losing streak? No. I don't know, Peter. You you lose now. It's too late in the season now. Then you get it together for the playoffs, and then they get back on a road. Because here's the thing. They got the Giants. That's a win for the Eagles. They've got the Cardinals. That's a win for the Eagles. And the Giants again. Eh. See, They're going to get right back on track, unfortunately. It's not the time of the year to have a slump. You know, the Niners had their little issue at the beginning of the year. Too soon. No, I think they got their act together just in time. Now look I what don't they're know. doing. 
Yeah, but they could be in the they could be ready for a second second losing streak swoon, if you will, Peter. No. Mm. This totally disagree. If I was doing sports talk on WIP in Philadelphia today, I'd be like, this is perfect. We won another three game losing streak right here. Now we set up with a couple of uh, we got the Giants twice. We know they don't uh, put a lot of points on the board. We've got the Cardinals. Who knows what they are? And then we roll right into the playoffs. I think you're going to hear a lot of concerned people on WIP today. Well, a yeah. lot of concerned yeah, people. Yeah, I'd go the opposite way because that's what I believe. Like a Seinfeld episode, you go the opposite I'll way. I'll do the opposite. Yeah. By the way, another thing, I don't know if this was, I watched the highlight, the extended highlight package, and it was, and I saw it, I saw it on the highlight package. Then they did a replay on the highlight package, and the announcers, uh, Buck and Aikman, didn't say anything about it. They may have once there was extended time to talk about it, but on the, the touchdown run in the third quarter that tied the game at 10, Drew Locke ran all the way down the field and blocked the dude right at about the goal line. Now that's a that's a man. That's a quarterback. That was impressive. That is not a prima donna quarterback when you no. see a, the, the the quarterback going out there and blocking like a yeah. Jim Kelly. He made he went and he had to go he had to run twenty something yards to get down there and make a block. I mean this guy was killing it last night. Making the most of his opportunity. He sure was making the most of his opportunity. Now, Jalen Hurts did play with what we're calling flu-like symptoms, Peter. Have you ever had flu-like symptoms? I have. Yeah. I would not have played football if I had flu-like. Would you have shown up for work with flu-like symptoms? Um, I'm like what Jerry did yesterday. Like, if you wake up with flu-like symptoms, you got to go to work. Yeah. Unless you're really in rough shape. Uh, and then you you call it the next day when you when you rest. But, uh, you know, we hear all the time these athletes play. We had the, the Michael Jordan flu game, right? People, mm-hmm. some 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 athletes excel when they have the flu. But Jalen Hurts, this is what I was thinking, though, Peter. See if you're with me on this one. Let's say I'm a defender. I don't want to tackle Jalen Hurts, a guy with the flu. He's breathing <laughs> on me. Now I'm getting the flu. You know what I mean? Well, it's like kind of come in here. I change the windscreen on the microphone. Yeah, you don't want the flu. Right. Well, but, but do we think that's what Jerry has? Uh, I don't know. Who knows? I don't know what these guys all get around here. Everyone's always sick at all times. My guess is that what happens is these guys uh, don't get rest. They have multiple jobs. They're up all night watching games. Uh, and they uh, their body gets run down. So I don't know what they yeah. get. I don't know if that's on the mind of the players when they go to tackle somebody. If you don't guy think is sick. No. in the tush-push well, situation, what the guys on the COVID, though? The guys, COVID? Yeah, but you weren't playing with COVID. Yeah, but you don't know. See, but that's the thing. Like, back those years, like, you didn't know if the person across from you had COVID and maybe until after the game. I thought we were testing everybody. They were testing, but not, like, an hour before the game. Were they yeah. testing an hour before the game? I don't know, but here's what I here's what I know. If I'm on Seattle and I'm on the one-yard line, a defender, and the flu-filled, mucus-filled Jalen Hurts is uh, tush-pushing right into my face, I don't want to get it. I don't want to get the flu. <laughs> He scored two touchdowns last night because people were afraid to tackle him. Yeah, but they've got they've got all that equipment on and padding, and most of the football players wear the gloves. Yeah, but it goes right. You're breathing it right in the nose, Peter. You're I, like imagine he he's right in your face. He's like, you know, he's breathing heavy because he's running. Yeah. I'm breathing heavy because I'm playing. You see what's going on? Right. Germs. Like the drunk guy that was trying to talk to me when I was walking out of the Paramount the other night, right up in my face. He was in your face yeah. uh, breathing heavy? Yes. 
Yeah, you got to be careful. Like, um, we were lucky we didn't get flu-like symptoms. Maybe yeah. that's where Jerry got it from. <laughs> I don't know, but it was a pretty great game by Seattle all around. I love the Geno Smith story because it's it's great that we had like discarded him and then he was a backup for a long time, then got his chance. Great story. Great story. I also love this Drew Locke. I love any type of quarterback coming out of, out of uh, you know the backup role and doing well, which is why we love the Tommy DeVito story. And I, there's, a, there's a little bit of a new story with Tommy DeVito. I think you have it on the list. I do have it on the show sheet list. Well, we kind of had this yesterday, but we got confirmation of it. So I guess Tommy DeVito and his agent, Sean Stellato, they're embroiled in a bit of a... Uh, Pizza situation with uh, <laughs> Coniglio's Old Fashioned. It's a piece of pizza. It's a pizza place in Morristown, New Jersey. And the people had reached out to me prior to this saying, hey, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but uh, Tommy DeVito was supposed to do uh, an autograph signing at this pizza place on Tuesday, uh, but he raised his fee from ten grand to twenty grand, so the pizza place canceled. So people are mad at him. Now... I'm not sure anyone's interested in an autograph. Not after oh, Sunday's quickly. game. But here's my question: Things change. Is this this like a like like a like a local just like pizza joint? Like pizza it's not, joint. It's not like a big Italian restaurant. No, it's just a pizza. Place. I think it's a pizza place. So that they must do very well business wise if they had ten grand in the first place to yeah. give to Tommy DeVito for the appearance. Correct. Like, I can't imagine too many local pizza places that would have ten thousand dollars. Yeah, I don't know. Handy to give. You know, the backup quarterback come in to sign autographs. Here's the thing about pizza places, Peter. Pizza's cheap to make. Yeah. And they sell for like 18 bucks a a pie. You're pocketing all that. Unless you go to Costco and get it for $9.99. Pizza? Yeah. Yeah, it's not the same, though. It's pretty good. I like it. What, Costco brand? Oh, yeah. Oh, the Costco pizza you get on your way out? out. Yeah, it's pretty good. You can't be ordering food at Costco, Peter. Why not? Uh, it's like it's all terrible ingredients. It's not. It really tastes good. Oh, it may taste I like good. It. I get the chicken bake there too. Chicken bake. What yeah. is this? It's like a. It almost looks like a calzone. How many chicken. meals a day are you eating at uh, Costco? Not, not every day. Just when when you go there shopping and decide I don't want to stop anywhere else for lunch, and I'll bring it home. Oh, I see. You ever eat it at the Costco? At Sometimes like the picnic my wife tables? and I, if we're kidless, yeah, you know, we'll just. Go do a little shopping, and we'll have lunch at Costco. Okay. And then you keep your cart full of stuff right next to you? Right next to you. <laughs> smart, Peter. Yeah. Very smart. I have thought about it when, I, you know, you're leaving the Costco. What's the, you're, when you leave the Costco and they check your receipts, what are they, they not, you have a gigantic. They check every single thing. Right. You have a gigantic cart full of things, not in bags, and they look at your receipt and they go, eh. Black marker. They have you that can little leave. marker. They said, "Okay, have a nice day." Yeah. What? What? Have they ever stopped anyone and went? Mm, I don't see this uh, giant thing of muffins on your list. You know, are they just like eyeballing a couple things? I think they're just looking. Like, do you have headphones? Did you buy a computer? Oh, I see. Oh, they got the one. It bag, really holds bag up. Of chips. It there. holds up the line getting out yeah. of there. Yeah, I almost uh, caused a pretty big scene at Costco a couple of months ago. Is that right? Yeah. So. My wife's the member with her mother. So usually when we go to Costco, I go with my wife because I can't buy anything because I'm not on the card. Your face is not on the card. My face face. My wife and my mother-in-law are the owners of the account. So there was one time where my wife was working, but we needed to go to Costco 
during the day. So I went thinking, all right, you know, sometimes they don't look at the card. Exactly. So now I get on the line and I show them the card and they're like, where's your wife? And I'm like, well, she's working. I'm just here using a card, but you can't use her card. Love it. And I said, I love rules. I, so you're willing to deprive this big giant sale um, because, and I could show you my driver's license. It's the same address. Girl gets on a microphone, a walkie-talkie, uh, paging a manager. We have a situation on aisle four. You were the situation. I was the situation, yeah. They let me buy it that day, but now no longer am I allowed to purchase anything at Costco you used without your my one, wife there. You used your one time. Well, yeah. get, can't you get on the membership? It was. It's almost doesn't make sense to do it because most of the time, 99% of the time, I'm there with my wife. Mm-hmm. It was just the one time yeah, and they caught that you. I went and they said, nope, this is a situation. They're on it, Peter. We got a situation. Yeah. Peter, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll do a little more on this uh, Seahawks-Eagles um, game since it was very exciting. I've got a I've got a, a New York Jets note I'd like to get to. Mm-hmm. I've got a Tom Brady note. I've got an interesting take by Rashad Mendenhall I'd I love to get that, to. Yeah. And Anthony Edwards from the Timberwolves got himself in an interesting situation. And then Boomer and Gio will be here right at 6 o'clock. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Your official station to talk Knicks, the fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. This is a Billy Joel song. Do you know which one it is? She's right on time. Is this a Christmas song to you? Yes, because Billy Joel said it was. He did? Yes. In in an interview, he said this is the only time he ever wrote a Christmas song. One of my favorites. She's right on time. It's on the Nylon Curtain. Yes, my favorite Billy Joel album. Really? Give me yes. the uh, big 1982. hits. 1982. Give me the well, big Allentown, hits. Pressure, Goodnight Saigon. Yeah, you got it. Scandinavian Skies is yeah. on that album. Yeah, you nailed it, Peter. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny because I, um, I was looking through a list of Christmas songs that Spotify had put together, and it was like legitimately, it was like 300 songs. And I was like... I feel like I know every Christmas song. I'm scanning, I'm scanning, I'm scanning. And I come to She's Right on Time by Billy Joel, a song I'm not familiar with. Yeah. I was like, hmm, a Christmas song. And I looked at the lyrics and indeed, all about Christmas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it should be on Christmas playlist, but I don't think it is. When he was on Stephen Colbert a few years ago, yeah, uh, he was asked to list his five favorite of his own songs. Like if he was going to see himself in concert and she's right on time was on that list. Is that right? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm, hmm, And hmm, I would hmm, have hmm. it on my list too. 
of top five. Top five, yeah. Wow. Now, my top five is like depending on when someone asks me, my Changes. top five fluctuates from list to list, but I generally have She's Right on Time on there. What are Love the others? That song. Um, I like Allentown. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, um, how much? I can't guess five now. I have to sit down. And All right, give me that. this one then. Give me a song if you went to go see Billy Joel, you would hope. Oh, Miami 2017 has to be on there. You like that? Yeah, I like that one. I like um, No Man's Land, which was on the one. River It was on the River of Dreams album. Oh, and so it's about Long album. Island, which I know you won't like because you don't like Long Island. What about Down Easter Alexa? That's like about Down Long e- Island. I like Down Easter and Alexa. I'm on the Down Easter That's on Stormfront. That's on Stormfront. Was that about uh, Long Island fishing? That's about fishermen on Long Island. I yeah. see. Oh, yeah. Let me ask you this. Give me, I'll give you one more Billy Joel. This is, uh, you're going to go see Billy Joel. What's the one song you know he's going to play that you're like, oh, it's enough Good of Night, this. Saigon. You've had enough of it? Well, I, I, don't like, I don't like to cry, and you can't help but cry when you hear that song. Uh, My wife feels the same way. I thought you were like, it's enough with the veterans. No, 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 no. Oh. I, that, that part, I mean, that I, and I like. sit in the seat, and you have to be respectful and everything. And yes. I, and absolutely, but it's just like, I, the only reason I don't like that song is because it makes you cry. I see. All right. Fair enough, Peter. By the way, this is the warm-up program. My name's Al Dukes. I'm with Peter Schwartz today as Jerry's ill. Um, uh, Mr. James Fox on Twitter reached out to us, Peter, and said, uh, the receipt checker at Costco is looking at the date people try to use old receipts to steal. Really? How about that? I imagine, wow, what a genius thing, because you could go in there with your old receipt, get the exact same items right out the door free well stolen of right. course <laughs> right but, but to your point yeah. if you if you spend an hour in Costco shopping yes and you've got a wagon full of stuff let's say you've got 25 items in your cart yes that line to get out of Costco and they're checking the receipts could be quite lengthy at times to your point is the guy really sitting there checking all 25 items no. sometimes they really do a, a pretty thorough search. Not that they can catch everything, but I had no idea that they would look at the date. I had another person tell me that the that the receipt checkers at Costco are counting items. So they look at your receipt, they count, you bought 12 items, they count 12 items. But if you have a cart full of stuff, not everything is bulky. I mean, generally in Costco, you're buying stuff in quantity, but not every box is the same. Like you have... You could buy like a three pack of deodorant and it's not the same size as like a big giant thing of paper towels. So like you can't possibly see every single item that's in the cart. Correct. You're correct, Peter. I try to be. Uh, Did you see A.J. Brown got into it briefly with a member of the Seattle Seahawks staff last Mm -hmm. night? And I blame the Seattle Seahawks staff. And now you'll remember that the the Eagles had their uh, guy, Dom or Don, one of their... uh, Security dudes, that guy's banned for the rest of the year from being on the sideline. A.J. Brown went out of bounds on a play, got into a little a little shove thing with uh, one of the members of uh, Seattle Seahawks, a player. And then as he's trying to go back on the field, this um, unnamed Seattle Seahawks personnel person gave him the old shoulder. The old shoulder. Shouldered uh, A.J. Brown. Like what I did to Little Boomer the other night? Yeah, yeah, sort of yeah. that. 
And uh, A.J. Brown got in the guy's face. We got to throw that guy out of the league. Not A.J. Brown, the uh, the, the clown guy. on uh, the, the sideline for the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah. It's if if you're a staffer on NFL si- sideline, yeah. Generally, unless unless you need to break something up, you should not really get involved. Yeah, you're not even supposed to be breaking things up. But if you're like the personal security person, yeah, and That's there's a, a fracas. If it involves players, you're not supposed to get involved. That's only for like if a, a lunatic fan comes out of the crowd to try ah, to attack okay. you guys. Then you're allowed to get involved. You yeah, can't but, be in a fracas between players pushing and shoving. You yeah. can't get involved in that. Zach Wilson's mama took to her Instagram story. <laughs> she's back. She's back. We haven't heard from her in a long time. I know she's on Instagram constantly, but I'm saying like it hasn't made a news story in a yeah. while. But um, she said in an Instagram story that Zach Wilson did not alert the coaches or medical team about how bad he was hurt until he got blurred vision and he had issues with his depth perception. Because he got a second hit to the head. Yes, he got a second hit to the head. She said he really started worrying that he was going to hurt his team if he stayed out there. He's been hurting his team since the day he got here. Good one. That's a good one, Peter. A good, good, (laughs) good. Yeah, so it's good to see his mom's back in yeah. in uh, speaking for him. Glad to see that him. she's uh, putting the Jets in jeopardy of being fined by the league for withholding injury information. Yeah, once again, she's yeah. uh, putting herself out there. Now, he's set to start if he clears concussion protocols. Right. I get it this, I guess at this point, does it it doesn't matter, Peter. No, at this point I think the Jets should just go with the wishbone. And not wishbone have a offense. Yeah. All right. Just have three running backs out there. That's a possibility. Or, or you, you got, could put Randall Cobb back there as like a decoy because he can throw the ball. He's be, be an emergency quarterback. He's the emergency quarterback. All right, yeah. so do wishbone with Randall Cobb yeah. as being one of the dudes. And I don't have to see any of these other guys out there. But he had the other thing, too, about the whole Zach Wilson coming back, Robert Sala was asked yesterday about Aaron Rodgers. And we'll probably find out more about him today because he's on with McAfee today. But when he's asked about Rodgers, well, Rodgers wants to play. We just have to make sure he gets cleared. And then he says, well, Zach will start if he's if he's cleared. So who's going to start? What if they're both cleared? What if Aaron Rodgers is cleared by doctors today? And what if Zach Wilson is cleared by, from concussion protocol? Who starts? I believe Zach Wilson's starting. You believe Zach Wilson's yeah. starting? And then if Zach Wilson is not good to go, then Trevor Simeon will start. But what if Aaron Rodgers gets cleared? He ain't doing diddly poo he's dragged us all along on this little fantasy world of his since he got here and since he got hurt it's he's just selling season tickets for next year giving hope to the hopeless jets players and fans and just uh taking us all along on this wild ride and then he's just gonna not play you know who wants him to play people who own the secondary ticket Yes, oh my gosh, yeah. Because right now, I don't, I haven't even looked, but I kind of imagine tickets for Sunday's game are very, very inexpensive. Yeah, they're playing the if Commanders. They're a bunch that, of stiffs. If you now say that Aaron Rodgers is going to play yeah, and he's going to start, well, all of a sudden, maybe people want to go see that game on Sunday. Yeah. See, from a Jets fan's point of view, as much as I would be intrigued by seeing him play, Seeing, oh, here's a guy that got an Achilles injury the first week of the season, and now he's coming back. As much as I would be intrigued to see it, it would also freaking annoy me as a Jet fan. Like if he if he plays Sunday, and he goes 
throws for 300 yards and three touchdown passes, and Lazard goes crazy because his boy is back there playing quarterback. Like, that would even piss me off even more because, like, that's something we could have had all season long, and he went and got hurt. Not that it was his fault that he got hurt, but, like, that would – do you understand where I'm going with that? Like, I would be so angry because that's what we could have had during the season, and now we're getting it in a meaningless game on Christmas Eve. But it gives you hope – for next year, and that's what Christmas is all about. Yeah, but now about, I gotta Peter. wait. I gotta wait the whole off season. I gotta wait to see what they do with the offensive line. Like I could have had that excitement all season long, but you didn't. I didn't. And if I see that on Sunday in a meaningless game, I'd be like, "Damn, you know." So wait, this wow, this weekend's the uh, Christmas Eve games. Yeah, man, I had to get some shopping done. And the Giants play on Christmas Day. Yeah, against the Eagles. Yeah. By the way, the U.S. Postal Service <laughs> absolutely stinks. <laughs> Any company that's using U.S. Postal Service as their delivery. Yeah. You like? I ordered stuff like a month ago, and all they've done so far is created a label. That's what the post office is doing. Right. It's government run, Peter. The government can't run anything. Well... I don't have too many bad things to say about the Postal Service because we have the greatest mailman. John, our mailman, is like John phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. So does he I, walk his route or does he, he take walks that his uh, route? And Jeep. he's on time every single day, friendly. We're always offering him a drink. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes Liquor? he says yeah. No, oh. bottle of water or oh, okay. Pepsi water. or whatever. Um, no, but he's fantastic. Is he in good shape? I think he's in better shape than I am, but that's not I'm really saying, saying much. If he's walking a lot, oh, yeah, is he... yeah. I really feel bad in in the summertime with some really hot days, yeah. and he's out there, you know, pumping that mail out. So he's probably got nice calves. <laughs> Never really looked at his no? calves. <laughs> Take a look next time, Peter. That's what I would do. I just tell him to keep the bills in your bag. Don't put those in my mailbox. There box. you go. He generally listens to me. That's nice. Yeah. All right, Peter, quick break. I got a couple of good stories on the other side. This Rashad Mendenhall stuff is tremendous. Anthony Edwards of the T-Wolves, tremendous story. All for the wrong reasons, Peter. Uh, and then Boomer and Geo, 6 o'clock. Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back to the warm-up program. My name's Al Dukes. I've got Peter Schwartz here with me today. We're talking uh, what we do here is uh, we call this talking sports, Peter. Talking Sometimes. sports. Uh, let's see. Former NFL running back Rashard Mendenhall is in the news. Mm-hmm. He uh, took to Twitter uh, to write, quote, I'm sick of average white guys commenting on football. Me too, Rashard. <laughs> I'm with you. Y'all not even. Who would you classify as an average white guy? Talking about football? Yeah. I think uh, if you didn't play football. Right. I think uh, if you're a broad, like Boomers played football. Right. He's not average. You know what I'm saying? Like Bob Costas. So you don't think he's referring to someone like Boomer or someone like. No. Bill Cower, who coached. No, I think he's referring to people who never played the game commenting. But, uh, yeah, he tweeted. I was going to say a name, but I'm not going to. I'm sick of average white guys commenting on football. Y'all not even good at football. Can we please replace the Pro Bowl 
with an all-black versus all-white ball so these cats can stop trying to teach me who's good at football. Then he said, I'm better than your goat, which I don't know what that is. I thought the goat was Tom Brady. I thought he was the goat, too. Oh, he's not better than Tom well, Brady. We know that. Tom Brady, you can go with Montana. Is this something you would watch, Peter? The no. An all-black versus all-white bowl? No, I don't, I don't think that, that would be interesting at all because, hmm. I mean, that now you're just creating something that doesn't need to be there because you're creating diversity yeah okay no, I have, you're, you're not creating no you're taking away from diversity because oh, why I wouldn't see. you have a team that is diverse as opposed to having two teams that are not diverse yeah i don't like this idea peter that being said if we're on tv i probably would check it out i probably would do yeah. into that i like to see what's going on i think i just go shopping at costco and you go to costco that. get yeah. some pizza yeah you would not watch this i would not watch that all right no. I don't know if he'll take any heat for he this. He just seems like a real angry person. He seemed angry about uh, what was going on with the Steelers. I think he's a Steelers fan. He you know, right. played for the Steelers, and mm-hmm. uh, he's not happy what's going on over there. And I think he was angry, and he took uh, to Twitter, which is what we do sometimes. But Peter. he had to have been responding to something that something. was said by an average white person. Correct. Yeah, I th- I'd like to know who this person was. Who are these people? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was a former player. I'm going to say it's a, you know, a lot of uh, athletes get very annoyed by these non athletes, Mm -hmm. as Boomer calls them, NARPs, non athlete, regular people, commenting on their performances on the field. And when we can't do it, we can't play. Right. This was always my problem with, like, I thought how difficult it would be to be like if you were Peyton Manning or Tom Brady's quarterbacks coach. What the hell are you telling them? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, what are you telling me? You couldn't play the game. Especially a lot of times it's and, these kind of failed players that turn to coaches. And a hitting coach in baseball. Like, what could yes. you tell Don Mattingly? Or what could you tell <laughs> Cal Ripken uh, about Cal, hitting? Cal, what you're doing wrong here is, uh, <laughs> I don't think you, your knee's pointing in the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah, that's got a, that's a weird, that's a tough yeah. Tough thing. Even for, I think about that sometimes too, uh, in our business, you know, right. if somebody's like, like what was Mark Chernoff telling Mike and the Mad Dog how to, what they should and shouldn't be talking yeah. about. I don't know. It's, it's, it, that's a yeah, tough I'm, move I'm, to I'm be fascinated. Coach. I'm fascinated by this average white guy comment. Yeah. And, and you want to know do, who do it was. I, do I lump myself into that category? You do. Yeah. Yes, I've had. I've made comments about how bad or good players have been, but yeah. I know I can't do it anywhere near as good as. But it's still somebody's job to be able to say, "We watched the game today. The Jets stunk. This happened. This happened." Like you should be able to get somewhat of a pass to be able to have a trained eye look at something and say, "Okay, this is what happened." Right now, sometimes the average white guy can't do that because they don't know what actually goes on in the huddle or whatever. But Correct. I'm, I'm I'm wondering who it was that said something. Me I'd too. Love to know. Me too. We need to know, Rashard Mendenhall, because there's a there's a lot of average white guys that are on television and, and a radio lot of average that are, that are spewing stuff about football. Well, I think uh, uh, average uh, all races and sexes. Right. Yeah. That's what would bother me if I was a player. Not whether it's a white guy or a black guy or a woman. Or If you didn't play the game, I'm not interested. If I was an athlete, that's how I would think. Mm-hmm. I don't think that because I didn't play the game and I like to comment on 
you know, how Zach Wilson plays, even though I never played the game. That's why I do. I will say that, like, uh, listening to Boomer in the morning and Tiki in the afternoon, I do take what they say uh, more with more credibility than, like, Evan shouting something. You know, because they do have more experience in the huddles and in team meetings and being an athlete and all those things. So when things seem so ridiculous that as fans we can't understand it and they give their explanation, Boomer and Tiki, it does hold a lot of credibility because they – and they did it at high levels. They weren't just like, you know, like a Dan Orlovsky. (laughs) But – to your point, though, yes. Like if you so so, they they're the ones that you would go to. Yes. If Zach Wilson throws an interception, mm-hmm. just for argument's sake. Now you say, oh, he threw an interception, but maybe there's a reason why he threw that interception. Right. Maybe the receiver didn't run the route. Correct. Maybe um, the he, he didn't pick up something or whatever, and that's why you go to a boomer or a tiki to get that. But. If I'm watching the show and I'm hosting a show to talk about it and Zach Wilson can't complete a five-yard screen pass um, to Brees Hall and bounces it to him, well, I I don't need a boomer or a tiki to tell me that that was a terrible throw by Zach Wilson. Like, I can tell that that's a terrible throw. Yeah. So I could see it both ways where, okay, so if if you're talking about a game and you never played, you don't know why Zach threw that pick. But I certainly know that that was not a very good pass with no pressure, that he bounced at the Brees Hall in the flat. Well, I think that's why these uh, sports radio shows with an athlete who did it well and yeah. a non-athlete, someone who's yeah. just yelling and complaining, right. I, that's why I think they work because right. you do get the, the two different There's perspectives. A There's Here's a nice a balance. balance, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and, and uh, it's funny because I've been here with Boomer all these years, but as a listener... I only started figuring it out. Oh, right. When li- as a, just being a listener to Evan and Tiki, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, mm, especially with the Saquon Barkley stuff, where people are like Saquon Barkley sucks. The guy gets two yards to carry. Well, there's probably a lot more other things going on in there, and Tiki, who was in that position, would be able to tell us more. Yeah, yeah. No, that there's no question. But they, look, there's some. Again, there's some things that you can like anybody who's a football fan can see something unfold in a game and be able to comment on it. But then there's things when I covered the Jets early two thousands for another radio station, I went on one of our shows the day after a game and commented on something that had happened. Later that week in the locker room, one of the players on the team came up to me and well, told like me a it. Pulled me aside. Not nasty. Okay. Not nasty. It was actually very educational. Pulled me off on the side and said, I heard what you said, and some may think you were correct, but just let me tell you what happened just so that you know for next time, like, this person didn't do this, and that's why that play happened. And I, and he said to me, he goes, you have me as somebody in this locker room. Wow. That if you ever have to do, say something like that again, come to me first and I can tell you exactly what happened. And this person was? Oh, I'm not going to go into. I'm not going to. I'm not going to reveal who that was. Offensive or defense? It was an offensive player. Star player, or mm. it was a starting player. Starting player, but not a star player. Yeah. Hmm. 
Do you yeah, think, I think it would, he, would it hurt if I said who it was? No, it did help. Someone who's... It was, I it think was, it puts it whoever was, it is in a good light. What's that? Oh, Pete Kendall. Pete Kendall? It was the Jets offensive lineman. Okay. He was a mensch. He was very nice all the time. Hmm. Do you guys still keep in touch? I Every now and then. Really? Yeah, with an email. Yeah. Hmm. He was actually always the one in the locker room when my wife was pregnant with Bradley. How's your wife doing? When's the baby coming? Oh, what a pleasant yes. experience oh, you had Oh, he was very there. nice. All right, yeah. well, good for you. Him and Kevin Mawai, two of my favorites. Peter Kendall. Peter Kendall? Pete Kendall. Pete Kendall. Let's take a quick break here, uh, Peter. When we come back, we'll have another minute or so or two or something, and then uh, Boomer and G will be here right at 6 o'clock. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry. The superheroes of WFAN. Another minute or so we're in with uh, Mr. Peter Schwartz in for Jerry Recco today. I saw Tom Brady sort of uh, criticizing uh, Gardner Minshew, Peter, the uh, quarterback of the Colts. He got uh, one of his receivers almost uh, killed, Michael Kit, uh, Pittman. Uh, the uh, Steelers, uh, DeMonte Kazi, is that how you say his name? KZ? KZ uh, laid the dude out, and uh, Tom Brady said that's the quarterback's fault. It, yeah, that's why I used to hate when Ken O'Brien would overthrow Altoon all the time, and that's how Altoon got the concussions. He got him crushed? Yeah. I mean, Tom Brady's like the greatest quarterback of all time. Of course, he. I am sure if I went back and I looked at uh, some film, he probably got his quarterback killed a couple times. Not as much as... Gardner Minshew? <laughs> no, probably not. You mean he got his wide receiver killed? Yeah, what did quarter, I say? You said quarterback. Yeah, he got his wide receiver, wide killed. receiver killed. I'm sure it I could... makes a lot of sense, by the way, just so you two knuckleheads know that. <laughs> About not hanging your receivers out the drive. One hundred percent. Sometimes it's a, a very tight window. You got to get that ball in there. You got to take the hits. This is football. Let's go, Michael Pittman. You got to absorb some hits out there. Now you got to hit that receiver in stride. Mm, what are you supposed to? And again, now you're the quarterback. You have two and a half seconds to make a decision of where am I throwing the ball? Oh, is there a guy near him who's going to hit him? Like this, what's a, that's not too many things to decide before you throw a football. I'm just looking for a guy who might possibly be close to open that I'm not going to throw a pick. And I'm going to try to fit it in there, and if he gets flattened, he gets flattened. Right, Boomer? I guess so. If that's what you want to say, Alan, that's how you feel. I'm not going to change No, I'm just mind. saying that how many dis- – in that few seconds, I've got a guy – Yeah, no kidding. I've I just told get, you that for years. I just get the snap. But- now I've got to go, okay, who's my first read? Who's my second read? Oh, now there's guys breathing down my neck. Now I do see a receiver, but now i got to decide, oh, is he going to get hit when he gets the if, he, if I throw him the football? But that's an extreme case. If you're just dropping back and throwing the ball over the middle, hit the guy in the numbers so he doesn't get leveled. The thing mm-hmm. about Tom Brady was that he was so accurate that he could throw it away from the defender. And what he's talking about is throwing it low, throwing it outside, and that's why Julian Edelman, Wes Welker, and all of those guys were so great. Because he would hit them in the right. Well, in the he'd gut. hit them away from the defender. Now, listen, he let some guys. You know, WFAN, WFAN FM, WFAN FM HD One, New York, always live on the free Odyssey app.